This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hello, Chris. That sounds like a spooky intro there. Well, you know, <laughs> that's because the uh, the elections here in the States uh, are, are Tuesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's right now, too. But I was more, more thinking it might have been a spooky intro because we're doing a wash-up of uh, um, the uh, Halloween as well. We had some zombies come up to us and get lollies. Yeah, lollies. Um, I actually dressed up. Did? What did you dress up as? I actually dressed up. So uh, at work, again, I, we were mentioning this last time that you know got to be able to function and whatever. <laughs> so there are two different kinds of slates that we use. And for you, uh, other parts of the world might call them a clapper. Clapper, um, yeah. So the, it's the whiteboard that has the information, you know, the show title, what scene, what take, um, what roll number. Uh, and at the beginning of any take, uh, I'm the one that pulls it out there and says marking and clack, clack that. And that clack is, in the old times, it was what they synced the sound with because yeah. it's that spike that you could easily match up to it and then everybody's words sync together. Yeah. So back in the day, uh, these things were not digital in the least. No. And... But probably for the past, well, I mean, since I've been in the business, uh, so probably for the past 25 years at least, um, they've all been, I shouldn't say they've all, but there's digital slates. They have time code uh, directly yeah. displayed on the it's slate. Spinning. Itself. Like it spins really fast. So I guess when you freeze frame it, you get the exact time code. Well, the, like second that you, the second that you slap the sticks together, it freezes on screen. Ah, okay. And that way you know what the time code is, and then they match that up with sound, and ah. oh, the editors just have an easy time of going with it, right? They're no longer visually matching up the cue with the actual audio sound. They just, it's, it's put together Which really well. Put and away they go. That's cool. Right, so go. we call those, we call those uh, uh, smart slates. Okay. Um, and now what we call the regular non-digital slate, you might say, we call that a dummy slate. Dummy slate, yeah. And dummy slates are still used, but it's only on a feature. No TV show uses them. And even on features, it's uh, very rare to, to come by those. Almost everybody's always using the, the digital ones. So anyway, yeah. I, had a, I had a shirt that is many years old that across the front, it just said, I am dumb. I'm and dumb. so I <laughs> took, some, uh, took some white camera tape and created a slate uh, on, you know, stuck it to the t-shirt made I Am Dumb look like it was the title of the show. And then I put on a purple fright wig and a purple cape, and I became Captain Dumbslate. <laughs> That's pretty good, I have to say. And, and uh, oh, and I wore some, uh, some, some Oakley sunglasses that I had that uh, guy hadn't worn them in probably 12 years or so. So they're just um, enough out of fashion that looked aggy. Exactly. They looked a little odd and funky, but uh, you know they kind of you know wrapped around the eyes and they were mirror reflective or whatever. And I wore that all day long indoors. And oh, right. 
the the it was I got interesting reactions from that because on the one hand, since nobody could see my eyes, they said I looked dead serious all day long. I was like, nice. oh, really? On the other hand, I got a lot of questions of, are you asleep in there? Because <laughs> you can't see my eyes. So use that to my advantage. the The hard part for me was not only wearing sunglasses indoors, um, and sl- uh, stages are typically dark, you know, apart from the scene that's actually lit. Yeah. Um, so that makes things difficult. But these were polarized sunglasses, and with all of our digital monitors, you could see them. Up. <laughs> well, yeah. That's a, you know, either you'd see nothing, and then you tilt your head, and then you'd see the screen. Yeah. Um, or I started realizing that uh, different monitors had different polarizations because one would be dark yeah. and one would be <laughs> lit. Um, and yeah, it was kind of taxing on the eyeballs after a while. But it would have been. It would have been tough. Yeah, over here we um, we just uh, prepared uh, the the lolly cachet and um, got a whole pile of stuff from Costco, including little mini tubs of Play-Doh, which surprisingly enough were like the highlight for some kids. Like there were some older kids coming through. Yeah, and when they saw the Play-Doh, they went, "Oh my God, is this Play-Doh?" <laughs> and we went, "Yeah." They went, oh, "You're kidding me." This is amazing. I'm going to play with this when I get home. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Play-Doh was a big hit. So, yeah, it, it went pretty fast. Ah, the things that amuse. Yeah, that's right. Because it, it it's different, right? Like Everyone expects just to get lollies and junk. But to actually have something tangible like that, uh, I think it's yep. like a point of difference. Um, so, yeah, even for the big kids. So it was good. The kids dressed up. And um, Zachary had this cool glow-in-the-dark shirt of like bones, uh, like a skeleton shirt. So that looked really yeah. cool. And Sienna dressed up as like a cat. So uh, that was cool. And Kim had just like black everything on with like this super bright neon pink wig on, which looked really good. And because I got home so late from work, I dressed up as nothing. So that was my costume. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> what are you dressed up as? A uh, nothing. That's what I'm dressed up as. <laughs> Our uh, our sound mixer uh, took the day off that day. Uh, I think Uh-oh. he had a dental appointment or something anyway. So he was joking the next day. He's like, how come I didn't win the costume contest? And he was like, what? You weren't here? And he's like, I know. I was the invisible man. <laughs> <laughs> nice play. Yeah. Well, well played, <laughs> sir. Well played. Never be just going to be like, ha, ha, ha. You weren't here. Uh- <laughs> uh, you weren't here. You don't count. Well, if we can't see you, we can't judge you. So there. <laughs> Now, what is uh, what has come and gone? Uh, Farsight celebrated Halloween also by putting the first four seasons on a heavy discount. Mm. So, if you didn't, uh, yeah, if you didn't uh, scoop those up, sucks to be you, because uh, yeah, they actually had season, I believe, season two and three were seventy five percent off. That's huge discount. So you could have picked them it's up. About time they did it too. It's yeah, it is. It too. really is. Um, um, because that for people who are stuck on consoles, that's like a prime excuse to get off consoles and get on right. Steam. Right. You know, like if um, I was in the position, I would go, yeah, now's the time to do it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, snooze you lose because we didn't announce it last week and uh, <laughs> it's sales come and gone. But you got to keep up Did with these things. Did you know about it though? Was it you even know, announced if- last week? Well, if you, followed, if you follow uh, Pinball Arcade on Twitter, it was announced. If uh, you got the uh, Pimble Arcade newsletter, newsletter, it was announced That's in there. I saw it. I saw it in the um, I'm newsletter. sure they announced it on Facebook. So basically what we're saying is you might want to try following Farsight on some social media 
and mm -hmm. then you'll get these announcements because that's you know, how people find out things these days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's all about the social medias. And of course, we like to always say, or you could follow Blockade at Blockade your... on Twitter, yes. where we tend to retweet those very things. Yes, <laughs> we do. Anything pinball related that we follow digitally, and sometimes even real pinball, we will retweet. Yeah, we like how that works. Uh, yeah. Speaking of sharing, because Doctor Strange just opened up in theaters this weekend, uh, uh, Zen has put that table on sale for, I believe, half off. In case you haven't picked that up. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how the table compares to the movie, eh? I think it's going to be very much <laughs> disconnected because it's not well, a tie-in. <laughs> yeah, it's not a tie-in. Um, it looks good, though. Yeah. The movie looks interesting, though, right? Like, uh, oh, I'm very much uh, wanting to go see it, and I'm very much wanting to see it in three dimensions because well, that would be my understanding. Amazing. Well, my understanding is that up until this point, Marvel hasn't really designed a movie with 3D in mind. Um, mm. It's always just been kind of their conversion slap on, and uh, you know, sometimes it works great, sometimes it just kind of leaves a, a disappointing experience. But this specific one was designed thoroughly with 3D in mind. So much to the point, because there's, if you've seen the trailers, there's all sorts of uh, literal world bending going on, you know, buildings folding in on themselves, kind of like uh, uh, Inception did. Um, yeah. Plus, there's all sorts of kaleidoscopes of imagery happening and, and realities just kind of splintering and everything. And all of that is very heavily layered in 3D. Oh, that looks to amazing. Right, to the point that when they were watching it then, watching the, the, the playbacks of visual effects and stuff, in 2D, the filmmakers were getting confused because it wasn't clear what was happening, you might say. Oh, right. So they really had to go through efforts to make the, the 2D version be readable and get the action across because they had designed it too well for 3D, you might say. Oh, um, Wow. So, yeah, whenever I hear about a movie that is really, really, uh, truly designed... Ramped up those 3D. Things, yeah. Exactly. Then I get excited and like, okay, I'll pay the extra money to go see that in the theater and, uh, and, and see it that way. So this definitely seems like it's one of those that um, you'd want to check out. There is a site that I go to called uh, cinemablend.com, and they have a section called To 3D or Not. Yes. And basically, every single 3D release that comes out in the theaters, they have gotten the or you know went to the review screening, and they break down whether or not it is a good 3D or not experience. Mm -hmm. um, it's a handy dandy guide uh, to definitely go in knowing ahead of time what you're you know whether it's worth the extra bucks or not. And they and they're saying it's definitely worth the extra bucks. So. That's that's a good idea to actually have that service because you know if you're standing in front of the um, movies on in a cinema, if you do it spare the yeah. moment and you have to do your research, you go, oh, should I 3D this one or no? Okay, uh, 2D only then. <laughs> Save yourself well, some and, bucks. And and most movie reviews, it's all about the movie, and they'll yeah, maybe throw a line or two time. about oh, and it was in 3D, blah blah blah, you know, and that's it. But yeah. this one has a consistent uh, breakdown, so. It's broken down the exact same way for all movies that they review in 3D, and they don't review the movie itself. It's for the that implementation of 3D. So they would have exactly. categories like the 
feel. They'd have like, you know, produced for 3D rather than tacked on 3D and stuff like that. Exactly. Was it, you know, how well of a fit is the movie for 3D? Is it, mm. What's the brightness level in 3D? Because obviously oh, when yeah. you wear the glasses, it dims things. Um, oh, yeah. And there's been plenty of movies that take place at night that they're like, it's unwatchable because you can't see what the heck is going on. And, oh. and the reason why that's important is because, uh, and I can't believe this practice still exists, but some movie theaters dim the projection bulb. They don't project with as powerful a bulb as they can yeah. because they think that they're saving money that they'll get more life out of the bulb, which is complete bogus science right there. It yeah. doesn't you flick the switch, whether the bulb is bright or not, it's not going to last longer no. <laughs> or, you know, and so they're cheating the audience of a nice bright picture. Uh, and uh, with 3D, obviously, you'd, you'd want the brightest picture you could possibly project to make up for the the ND that is in the glasses themselves. Yeah, it uh, sounds like and, um, that the whole concept of you know, brightness is a little bit like when you do a slow motion recording. You've got to yeah. have the room really, really well lit because of the fact that it just saps all the light out of the... The process saps all the light out of it. It sounds... Right. In a way, well, a little bit like that for 3D. Well, the reason why the process why it saps that light is because the film is now running faster through the shutter. Yeah. Yep. And so it has less light hitting it because it's going faster through the shutter. Now, this yeah. is in film terms. Uh, digital kind of works the same way, but kind of doesn't. Um, yeah. But in uh, because in digital, we still do have to pump up the light. Uh, yeah. Still... To, to get it bright. So yeah, and the flip side is, in, is if you ran the, you know, the projector, you ran it at 12 frames a second, which would make, instead of slowing things down, it makes everything go really super duper fast. Yeah. You have to have less light because the exposure is, you know, open that much longer. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of this play, play on things. But anyway, that's why I like the site because they consistently break down each movie the exact same way. They're not reviewing the content of the movie. They're just reviewing the 3D implementation of it. What was that link again, the URL? Cinemablend.com. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes. Definitely. Uh, definitely. And, and then you can get email updates, which is what I do. And it's just, you know, they, I just got an email update on Trolls, which I was like, well, I have no intention of watching that. I'm not going to read your review of it. I could care less if <laughs> it can be the best 3D in the world. And I'm going to be like, I ain't watching no Troll doll movie. <laughs> no. No, thank you. Yeah, it doesn't fun <laughs> for the kids, though. I don't know if we may or may not be going to see it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hopefully the kids that's, don't that's see. That's what it. we call taking one for the team, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I can do that. It's so funny because there hasn't been a lot of movies released um, lately that I've been interested in. Yeah, and all of a sudden, the next couple of weeks is just slam bam. So, Doctor oh. Strange, I want to see. Uh, last week, uh, a movie called Inferno, which is uh, based on the Dan Brown book, so it's you know, Tom Hanks movie directed by Ron Howard. It's the Robert Langdon, I think, is the guy's name. It was, you know, uh, The Da Vinci Code and Angels oh, yeah, that were the previous two. They're always good movies. Like, sure, they're probably a little bit sort of commercial blockbustery because they're based on that style of book, but they're always yeah. good. They're just good movies to go and see. Yeah, they're exciting. I've never seen them in the movie theater. I've always waited on video, um, mm, but it still piques my too. interest enough that I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely would want to wait for that and stuff. But uh, mm. so apart from Doctor Strange opening up, there's a new uh, movie called Hacksaw Ridge, which is uh, a Mel Gibson-directed movie. That's and the one about the soldier who doesn't fight, he only helps. Um, yep, and if there's yeah. one thing Mel knows how to do, it's stage a battle. Yeah, <laughs> so He's pretty good at that. Yeah. What yeah, about so that... Because we're only getting the Arrival movie here. 
Um, that opens next week for us. And oh, okay. that thing, uh, a buddy of mine saw a test screening of it about two months ago yeah. and was raving about it. So it's just the best thing that he's seen all mm. year. And it's by the same director that did uh, Sicario and The Prisoner. Yep. Yeah, both of which uh, I haven't seen. Uh, both of which are pretty dark. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, That's uh, probably why I haven't seen them. And he's also the director that is on tapped uh, or is directing right now the new Blade Runner movie. Oh, wow. They're making. Okay. And so after seeing The Arrival, my friend, uh, who is also a giant Blade Runner fan like I am, he was like, I am so at ease now with a new Blade Runner movie because this guy's got his hands on it because The Arrival is just fantastic um, it's the arrival from what i've seen it's kind of like a a not really a horror but a um, well it's this new creature is is a landed and how do you communicate with them and, yeah, how, and a little bit like make, um what was that movie um somebody referred it, to it as is this guy's close encounters yeah that's right that's what i was yeah. thinking of yeah. yeah it looks really cool and then the week after that, it's uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which I'm all over. And then, what, at least two weeks after that, I think, or maybe three, is Rogue One. Oh, really? That's coming out. Oh, gee, that's really been quiet down here. I've, we've not seen a lot about that at all down here. Really? So maybe it's not being released uh, for you guys. Although I would think that's a worldwide... They will do totally do it because piracy. <laughs> Come yeah, on, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, that one's got to be coming out at the same time as us. Um, yeah. And I wonder, I wonder how long we're going to have to wait until we see an announcement from Zen. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. the, I'm. That thing has Zen written all over it. <laughs> oh yeah. See, I have not actually seen because there hasn't really been that much news about it at all down here. Yeah. I've well, maybe I just haven't been following the right news. Uh, outlets for it, but I've not seen anything about the movie. I would have to go and watch the trailer to understand what the hell's going on. Um, so, well, see, yeah. this is one of those things with, with Star Wars. They don't need to advertise. They really don't. If you see Star <laughs> Wars kind of, on the billboard, it's like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> right, it, it's it's kind of wasted. Why spend millions of dollars advertising on TV when all you have to do is throw the trailer up on YouTube and. You'll get done. seven million hits in one twenty, you know, in twenty-four hour period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, job's done. Let's just go, go and yeah. do this. So, advertising budget is, uh let's just you know do a bit of post-production on the trailer and put it up on our YouTube channel and maybe some tweets, and that'll do. <laughs> it's twenty right. grand. Right Meanwhile, there. we'll check. <laughs> this kind of cracks me up. Um, Nissan has a vehicle called the Rogue. Oh yeah, and I've already seen commercials for the Nissan Rogue and they threw Star Wars events happening while the car is driving down the road. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me because it's oh, not like the car is in the movie or whatever, but because the no. nature of the name of the vehicle is a Rogue, also an instant Rogue One tie-in. Well, yeah. I got news for you. Yeah, Disney didn't pay one dime for that. No, <laughs> but it would have been Nissan one, is a cross-promotion. That's so common in advertising it's now. It's totally cross- Yeah, James Bond does it all the time. With, oh, uh, yeah. You know, they used to do it with their watches and, and BMWs and, and stuff yeah. like that. And basically, it's the... Uh, they're paying the movie. I'm saying, yeah, they, hey, yeah. we want... We, we're going to benefit by the cross-promotion with you, so we'll pay you, and then we'll put up our commercial, and 
you know, obviously they get it heavily discounted uh, uh, for that purpose because as far as the studio is concerned, then they're like, well, shoot, yeah, you can, you're going to air all sorts of commercials, aren't you? We don't have to air a commercial. Exactly <laughs> Just make right. sure you tell us what the release date is. Thank you. You see it all the time with um, perfume and stuff here. I don't know if it's the same tactic over there in the US, but you'll see like there's this perfume ad running and then at the end it's now available from Maya or now available from some discount chemist chain. So they get they get the ad, they run it. So the perfume company probably pays them a little bit, but they probably pay the lion's share for the advertising and everyone wins. It's it's a good model. I wonder if that's kind of the same thing with uh, with third-party video games that are you know cross-platform. And but sometimes at the very end of the ad, it'll say, you know, PlayStation or Xbox One. But you're like, but yeah. it's available for both systems. I wonder if that's kind of the same thing where they're like, hey, we'll pay the extra money just so we can slap our, you know, PS4 extra at the back end. end. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll buy the the video rights to the ad so we can play it and sort of you know do like a an edit at the end because that's probably what it is, eh? And like they'd be like. Okay, you got the footage here. This is the ad package. These are the assets. You can do what you want with them within the constraints of this. Uh, off you go. And then they just go and do it, what whatever they want. But it usually is that little spot at the end. And it's like a one-second spot just at the very right. end. Yeah, it's weird, eh? Advertising so, yeah, is certainly an interesting uh, uh, beast. Just, I mean, how things are promoted and everything. That's why we, we keep on wanting to talk with... With Farsight, especially, with, mm. you know, regarding the Stern app, because that's endlessly fascinating to us. It's like, yeah, it come is. on, we want to know how this works. You know, who's benefiting who, and and you know, how are the licensing fees taken care of, and and, and all that madness. And the problem is, the Farsight can't talk to us about it. <laughs> they can't because it's not their place to talk about it. There's actually this show down here uh, in Australia that is all about the advertising industry and and how. How, how they sell to us as consumers. And it's called The Gruen Transfer. And I don't know whether um, it is something that um, you guys can get over there. It's on our, on ABC, so the Australian Broadcasting Corporation over there. Um, and it is just fascinating to watch how they sell and the tactics they use like that's that's how i know how that cross promotion thing works because they they went into detail about it um it, it's a fascinating show i just, i'm i never miss an episode when they do a season down here because it's always fascinating and it's always really timely they talk about something that happened in the week in advertising and they go into more detail about it on the panel so i noticed an article pop up uh, and i kind of went hey i've been to that guy's house uh, <laughs> there is a oh, pinball. Uh, pinball, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna, you may notice we're a little pinball light, folks. Um, that's because we're a little pinball light this week. Yeah, <laughs> it's not very much to talk about. So we're talking not about much to stuff. talk about. But I ran across. Um, have you seen this getaway table that is jet black? Uh, jet real black. machine. So the playfield, playfield cabinet. The whole thing got repainted, basically. Um, oh, no, redone. I um, it had its debut at the Arcade Expo 2.0 uh, last year, and there is a Kickstarter for a pinball movie. Um, I'm having a hard time coming up with the name of what the what the movie is, but they basically have a a podcast going on uh, to kind of promote the movie. But they're, in, they're interviewing various people, and they wound up interviewing this guy. Uh, 
and his name is Tim Moyers. And he's a member of my pinball league. Yeah. And this is the guy who you'll remember when I went over to his house, I said his whirlwind was, or excuse me, not his, well, his whirlwind, but also his firepower was shinier than Wizard of Oz that was right next to it. Yeah. Uh, The entire cabinet was a piano black lacquer. (laughs) I mean, even the back of the, of the cabinet was done. I mean, phenomenal job. So anyway, uh, he's uh, restored what they call a perfect restoration. You might say Um, a getaway table and a frontier Valley frontier. Yeah. Um, It's one of those things where it was like, Oh, well, I guess I'll get to see that in February when he uh, next hosts. <laughs> um, Cause we always go to his, uh, his place in February for uh, the, the league night. Really interested to see what it looks like in person because it looks gorgeous. Like I said, it was uh, a lot of repainting done. Um, I bet on the subject of that, there's, I'm looking at a past auction now for Grays Online of a customized the getaway called Redline Mania. Okay. It has this this uh, rather buxom um, lady on the back glass with uh, a very low cut leather top on, um, and uh, it's got it's actually got some custom playfield artwork done too. Instead of the um, uh, sort of inside the RPM wheel um, on the playfield, they've actually got like Redline Mania um, decals put in there, and they've done a little bit of touch up on the um, Playfield as well, and they've got like custom side art, which looks like it's got maybe even laser cut um, things that protrude down beyond the um, side of the cabinet. It looks really, really nice. Um, I can't see any pictures of the one you're talking about, though, which is why I got onto the internet and wanted to have a look around, but there's none. I can't wow. find a single thing. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is very disappointing. Um, um, uh, well, you know what, while, while you're blathering about that, I'm going to do my own little search. Mm, all right. But yeah, this, the auction was for, it was grazeonline.com. So I don't know where it was. Oh, it was in Port Melbourne. Um, and it was 6,630 Australian dollars, um, for this particular thing. Um, looks like it's a really nice condition, um, the getaway anyhow. So for that reason alone. It would be a, it would have been a good one to get, but you know six thousand bucks, it's a little bit steep. <laughs> um, but you know if you're in the market for one, um, go for it. So uh, uh, Jared's about to mention it because I just sent him a link to it. So uh, mm. it was actually mentioned by uh, Pinball Magazine, and the new uh, Translate was uh, done up by Ark Lawson, who is also in our league, and he's uh, currently doing the artwork for the Alien Table for Highway Pinball, which is on its way to being released, too. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that does look nice. Wow. That's a really nice reimagining of the back glass, because that back glass is really busy, the original one. Right. this This one focuses on... It looks like something out of Hawaii Five-0. (laughs) <laughs> the back glass. It's really, really nice. And I can see what you mean about the playfield. There's a little bit, it looks like the playfield. A little field. bit darker. A center playfield, you know, the center vehicle uh, that the RVM surrounds has been redone. Um, the helicopters are, are black. Um, it's basically the pavements are black as well. The, all right. the bitumen is black. 
Yeah. Yeah. That actually makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Yes. In the show notes, uh, Jared will obviously post this and you can take a glance at it. And uh, hopefully come February, I'll be able to tell you what it actually looks like in person, but I'm sure it's uber shiny. (laughs) I just love the look of the um, the glass smooth. The thing that really strikes me about it is, and when you see it, you'll probably agree as well, um, our dear listeners, is the the fact that the the shooter lane is just so pristine. It doesn't have all that black grime like bashed into it over the years. It is just like pure wood. They've actually kept it really, really um, clean when they've done the the clear coat on it. So it looks really amazing. Mm, Very nice. It absolutely... Yeah, don't you don't you wish you could uh, you know afford to do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to just be able to. You know, well, I'm going to commission my own custom pinball cabinet because you know uh, that's what I do. <laughs> that, would be, that would be wonderful. I'll just add it to my other twenty machines. I have my custom game room that I built for my pinballs. You yes, know, that's, exactly. It's a type of individual that will commission their own custom artwork on a pinball, um, and, <laughs> and good for them that they can do that. Um, I also hate them. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, if you could uh, completely, I don't want to say retheme, but basically do what he did there. Take a take a machine, and uh, you know, not completely turn into something new. Like let's say uh, years ago, before there was an actual Ghostbusters pinball, somebody they, made a Ghostbusters pinball on a uh, flash, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. I'm not saying doing that, but I'm saying re-update, say, Flash, keeping it Flash, but doing a new paint scheme or something like that. Is there a table yeah. that uh, kind of speaks to you that you would want to to mess with that, do that on? Oh, geez, not off the top of my head. Uh, no, I don't have one that, that sort of screams out to me as going, that would look so good as a this. Um, I'm thinking... I think they are, you could probably think of something to do um, with uh, maybe the brighter pinbot and make it into a Transformers table just with the fact that the head actually moves around and there is some element of transformation on the table. So you could maybe tie something in with that. Um, but unfortunately, it's using the, the base platform of, of the brighter pinbot, which is a little bit limited in what you can do. Right. Um, I don't know. It, it's a tough call. You have to actually, it's one of those things, I think, that if you're going to retheme something, you really have to actually put a considerable degree of thought into it. Because what you're essentially doing is you're redesigning a table from scratch, essentially. And reimagining. Well, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, say, something like Ripley's. Yeah. Which, to me, was trying to do the Indiana Jones styling. Um, but it didn't really pull it off. It, right. It doesn't pull it off, and it kind of comes off kind of cheapish looking um, as opposed to being on some thing. I would turn Ripley's into a Freak Fest. Yeah, um, Freak Fest. I, yeah, Freak Fest. It, it would be much more sinister looking, I guess, is what I would uh, kind of try and make it look dangerous, you might say. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, now you'd still have the, the call outs and that would be the other thing is if I would maybe be able to change the call out voices. So instead of the, yeah, man, come and play the pinball talking head dude. Yeah. It would be a much more almost Crypt Keeper like. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. That would be kind of, you know, that's the kind of, you know, so it would still be a Ripley's table 
and it would still have the same uh, rules and everything else like that, and, and all the call-ups. It's just the voices would be different. The artwork would be a little more dark and uh, uh, foreboding, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, there wouldn't be a penguin jackpot. It no. would be um, something, I don't know what, but it would be something different. So, I don't know, that would be kind of my call for, for what table I would mess with. Mess around with, yeah. I'd actually like to... I think an easy one to read theme would be firepower. Um, like we were, like you'd, we're pondering doing, um, you know, earlier on because of the fact that it doesn't have any real animations or anything like that. It's all just playfield driven. Like it's just crying out for a, um, a, another plain themed sort of, uh, game on it without all that terrible artwork. Um, right. You, know, you could have, you could like make it a, like a, if you wanted to go hark back to classic shootouts, you could make it a, a Raiden, um, table where you actually have like, you know, the Namco Raiden pew 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 shoot up game that was in the arcade. Yeah. Many, many incarnations. You know, that would be a really good one because you'd have the, you of course make it with the drop targets. You'd add the drop targets in. So you'd be using those as sort of like enemies. You could shoot down the enemies with that, like an oncoming wave. And then. You know, you, when you lock your multi-balls, that's almost like a, a big wave of enemies coming down, like boss mode. So if you tied it in properly and put like a, a pin sound board or something like that in there that triggered certain sound effects when the big, when the multi-balls were released, it would actually probably work, you know? Um, yeah. So that would be an easy one to retheme, I think, and get the, uh, get the artwork right on it. And maybe, you know... Um, on tables like that, you could actually add in a few extra things. Like maybe you could get um, a firepower two, maybe, and with the ramp and stuff like that, and um, and sort of use that as the base because it's got a little bit more stuff going on on it. Right. Or maybe cannibalize bits and pieces from another pinball machine and actually add them into the game, um, still using the same switches and everything, but it just does something a little bit different. Like you shoot the ramp and it gives you the same points, but it's a ramp. So it's a little bit more visually different, you know, but I've been having a lot of fun with pin out, um, oh, playing, playing through that game. Yeah. I've been really, really getting into it. I'm actually up. I've got the ranking of mediocre now, which doesn't sound that good, but it's actually probably one of the higher ranks you can get in the game because well, it's when your game company games. is mediocre games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's if you get the ranking of mediocre, you're doing probably pretty good. So I managed to get enough bonus points or bonus time to get pretty much to the end of the bonus round mode. I've maybe about, oh, I think I might have to go back and see if I can do better at some of the video modes. Cause it's the video modes that get you the huge amount of time bonus. I think I managed to like sneak through the, <laughs> basically it's a mode that looks like the getaways video mode um, okay. where you got to dodge cars, but it's like pretty mm -hmm. much in three lanes and the cars are just coming towards you. And I managed to get like 60 bonus seconds or something in that um, round. And that really helped me get a lot further in the game. But yeah, it's all about the bonus rounds. You do those at every opportunity and you'll get um, a huge amount of points as you start to get better at them. And the good thing is that if you do buy the unlock, you can go back um, through each stage and try and improve your time at like a, a stage pass. So if you think, well, that one's a bit low, I reckon I'm going to go and try and boost my, my time in that one, which will then improve the stage um, in front of it. And I can start from that point and improve from there. So it, it seems to work pretty well that way. I really should download that and uh, try it out. <laughs> it's really good. Like it's, um, it, you'll, you're probably, as a, a real pinball um, person, I sort of had a bit of trouble with the 
the flipper physics when I first started, but it's like any game. Remember, the flippers are just a control mechanism. And once you right. work out how the game developers wanted you to use the control mechanism, then you're fine. The, the hot tip there is backhand, backhand all day um, <laughs> is the trip. Uh, so if you can, you can backhand pretty much any shot in the game and it'll go up the ramp. So yeah, that's my tip. Backhand for all the things. Well, I'll tell you what, I just pushed the button. I am installing it on my phone. So I'll be yep, able to, uh, I'll be able to enjoy that, but we won't be able to, uh, uh, I don't know how long much I'll be able to enjoy it because work has pretty much been consuming my life. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It has been pretty busy for us too, where I work because of the, all the racing season happening at the moment, but it's sort of slowing down a bit now. So we, it's, it was funny. I don't know what it's like for you. It seems like you just go, go, go all the time. But for us, it was sort of like a slow burn. We, uh, we had to start planning things out so that when the developers were available again, we could actually say, right, here's all the things we want to get done. Um, so yeah, it's sort of the, <laughs> no, my weird. days, my days are more spent of, uh, we coming onto set and going, so what are we doing today? And then you get the, you know, the shot list for the day and you go, okay, let's plow through that. And you don't really think about tomorrow. <laughs> no, cause it's day by day. Yeah. It's day by day. Yeah. And, uh, uh, whatever fires you can put out that day, you don't want to start any fires for the next day and uh, have to worry about that. It's no, that's go true. home, forget about it, and don't worry and worry about it in the morning when you get there. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be absolutely the way to go. Yeah. So I'm curious with your uh, with your work being a uh, sports betting kind of thing. Yep. How nuts did the World Series uh, affect you guys, if at all? Um, I don't think it was super huge for us, actually, um, okay. because, I mean, if there were, you know, there probably would have been some markets available for it, but um, because we are down here in Australia, we don't get the fervor of the World Series right? Um, that we that you probably do in the US. I mean, people still love to bet on it down here, that's for sure, but mm-hmm. um, it's probably not something as immediate as racing um, and that sort of thing, because the, the problem is that at the same time the, the Cubs won, it was more in spring carnival when everyone was focused on the action down here in Australia. Yeah. So I think a lot of the time we certainly got news coverage for sure down here, but, um, cause it was such a historic win, but, um, yeah, it's, it's rather interesting. The ratings wise that game seven was huge, which oh, yeah. baseball hasn't been a huge ratings gatherer in a very long time. And yeah. to the point that I loathe baseball, I hate watching baseball. And mm. even I watched the last three innings of that thing. <laughs> just because you kind, of, you kind of feel compelled. There are certain events uh, that, that happen that you just kind of go, you know what? I want to I can say that I'll be in the that. dark. Mm. Right. Or I can join the conversation. And it'd be better to join the conversation than to be that one guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, very true. And, and, and on top of that, I had already. Uh, on my drive home that day, listened to the Lakers uh, win a tough road game, and that was thrilling to me because they're the Lakers, and they're not exactly good right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. But they're in a complete rebuild, and so it's kind of exciting. So anyway, I got all excited about that, and so I was already in a good mood, and I was like, eh, you know what? Let's see what, how, what the good mood of the country is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it turns it's out... Always- they, they then had a, as teams do after they win championship, they had a parade a couple of days later. Uh-huh. It is wound up being the sixth largest gathering of 
human beings in the world. What? Wow. Okay. Ever. That's pretty big. Over, fi- over 5 million people uh, gathered <laughs> for the parade. Wow. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> it, it really is. You, you, if you look up any of the photos, pictures from this, it's just this sea of blue people because they're all wearing their blue cub shirts. Yeah. You'll see the one picture and you'll become like, well, that's a lot of people. And then you see another picture and you realize, wait, so there was all those people in this picture and then there's all these people in this picture and it wasn't like they were just moving. <laughs> this is a completely separate group of people and yeah, it's, it's quite staggering to see that many people gathered for one event. Hmm. Um, but wow. yeah, and, and most of the other uh, events that beat it were things that took place in other parts of the world. Um, India, I think, had two of the uh, the records and someplace in, I believe, Iraq had another one of the events. So it was more, those are more religious um, gatherings mm. for events. Um, well, some could say this was a religious experience. Yeah, right. Sports, <laughs> for the sports in America? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, uh, our, our former podcaster, Jeff Strong, uh, was a huge Cubbies fan and he tweeted out that he can now die happy. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Jeff, congrats that your team uh, pulled one off. It's good. It's good when the, um, I guess, because they were totally underdogs because no one ever thought they could win. Um, again, well, when you've gone, when you've had an 108 year drought. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying that <laughs> back, back when uh, the, the Cubs won their first game, pinball wasn't even invented yet. And that's true. It, it wasn't actually invented. <laughs> Well, or, or to throw it in another way, it's uh, sliced bread wasn't even invented then. Yeah, yes, it's it's incredible that and, how and long that, ago it was. Right, and it, it, we all use you know, oh, that's the best thing since sliced bread is you know some meter of time, and then you realize that wow, there was a when they last won, that wasn't a thing. Yeah, <laughs> how sad for those people. <laughs> we might have to we might have to uh, change the phrase. <laughs> the best thing is the since the Cubs won their first <laughs> right right well anyway. I, I think last week uh, I guess we should probably talk about the sort of plans for the the month really because there's going to be a bit of a change in schedule right yeah so we are going to have one last podcast next week and then Jared is going on a vacation that's going to take him away for a couple of weeks uh, yes so you all are just going to have to deal with listening to reruns <laughs> or yeah. re-downloads, however you want to do it. And uh, hopefully when we come back for that, there'll be just ample amounts of pinball to talk about. But here's my challenge to you, folks. Why don't you hit us up with an email? Blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Ask us some questions. Throw us some topics that you want us to touch upon next week uh, before yeah. we go on this little break. And we will happily answer whatever we can and uh, discuss extrapolate, whatever we can. Extrapolate and hypothesize just like we do all the time because we're experts at it. <laughs> we are experts <laughs> at, at stringing along mass amounts of BS. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, or you can also hit us up, like I said, on Twitter at Blockade. 
You can uh, hit myself up at Shut Your Traps. Jared is at Jared Morgs. We respond to you. Trust me. Sometimes it might take a day or two, but we will get a uh, get back to you. And yeah, we absolutely. certainly like hearing the feedback and hearing what you guys want to uh, hear from us. So do yeah, that, keep, won't you? Keep the suggestions coming. It's good to actually hear from people who listen to the show. Uh, so it's not like we're speaking out into the void. <laughs> Although this week, that's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. All right. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> I guess we can wrap it up and get on with our business. I think we can. Thank you all for listening and uh, take care. We'll see you next week. See you later. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter arts. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, play some pinball.